This interview is from a live stream that I did with Neil Fiorito recently, which was an update on his radio career and other topics, including his parents who seem like a lot of fun. Okay, Neil. Well, you were on my podcast, I think like five years ago, and I went to the hotel where you were working and we were talking with each other in the lobby. It was really incredible because I passed by that hotel many times because I live, I don't live in River North, but I live near the Mag Mile and I've been by a lot of hotels. It was really cool. And it was early not... in the morning too. It was like 5 a.m. before I even started working. Oh, that's true. I went there Remember? at 5 a.m. and then, yeah, that's true. It was really dark. There was no one around. The lobby was actually really dark on the one wow. side where we went to. And we had, it was cool because we had privacy. We could talk and, and not bother any of the other guests. Nice. Yeah. And it was also a beautiful lobby and everything. Yeah. But so what are you doing now? Are you still working in a hotel? No, I left the hotel industry. Um, I want to say 2018 it was. And I had an opportunity to go full time at WBBM News Radio to do overnights as the traffic anchor, which I was excited about. Uh, I know the hours don't sound too appealing to a lot of people, but <laughs> for my family and I, it actually really worked because I could sleep at any time, thankfully. Yeah. And, um, you know, my wife was happy because I finally would have a normal schedule where I'd have weekends off and doing something that I love. And, and that's being on the air, whether I'm talking about traffic, flowers, it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. I like to talk, as you know. Yeah. So I had the opportunity um, to go full time and I went for it and it took some time because I had to you know, do the search and figure things out. And uh, I got the call from Kevin Scott, who runs our traffic department. And he said, uh, you're going to be pretty excited. I have some good news for you. And I was just, I was beyond excited because the hotel industry, I'd, I'd been with the hotel industry for close to 30 years. And I actually made a really good living in the hotel. Wow. Um, I enjoyed what I did. I, I like being with people. I'm a people guy. I enjoyed making people happy and just being and interacting with people all day long. And then having people throw money at you, you know, because right. I was a doorman, I was a bellman, I was a concierge. I kind of did that whole realm, but I was tired. I was, uh, I was tired of, of being out in the elements because my final hotel job, I was a doorman. So I was tired of the, you know, I'm getting a little bit older now, you know, I was tired of, of the elements and fighting the cold and the heat and dealing with the public on the street, not guests, but just, you know, taxi drivers, um, you know, uh, homeless vagrants that I just, I got fed up with dealing with all that. Yeah. I guess I don't have the patience that I used to have. So I was ready to go. Um, and it just turned out that this opportunity came up and I talked with my wife who was never crazy about me getting into the radio industry full time oh, really? because, because it's very unstable as yeah. we all know. And, uh, she said, you know what, if it's WBBM radio, you go for it. Nice. You, you, you go for it. I don't care if it's overnights. You'll have a normal schedule. You'll be on the air every day. You'll be happy. And thankfully it worked out. And I went full time. I left the hotel industry. Uh, 2018, I want to say that was. And then I've been with BBM full time. Uh, not full time now. That goes into another story. But I was working full time on overnights for a while. And then I went to afternoons for a little bit and then came back. And I'm still part of the program. But when COVID hit, I lost my job like a, a lot of other people because who who really needed traffic reports during a time when nobody was out right. <laughs> during the overnight hours, which are very, you know, light on people anyway and vehicles anyway. Um, so I lost the full time gig, but luckily I was able to stay on part time 
And uh, there's another full-time opportunity that's available now. So I'm hoping and praying that that uh, is something that I have a good chance to get. And how long were you working in the hotel business? 30 years. I've been doing radio and the hotel industry for about the same amount of time. I've been in radio one year longer. I started in radio in 1991 at Triton College at their radio station. And I've been with it ever since. I started the hotel industry the following year in 92. And I stayed with that. And I've been with that ever since now. I've done a lot in between, a lot of jobs in between, including helping my dad with his company. He had a printing company for a lot of years. Then we had a restaurant. I've been a, I've been a delivery driver. You name it. I, I've really done a lot in my lifetime. But I always, I, I would always try go off and try different things, but I'd always keep my foot in the door at the hotel. And I had a good relationship there with uh, the powers that be. And they took me back a lot because I left quite a bit, but I, I never left for long. You know, I'd stay part-time and I'd go off and try this, you know, they, they knew that I, I was just trying to better myself and my, my situation. I mean, who thinks about being a doorman or a bellman for the rest of the life, but I'll tell you, a lot of my friends are still in the industry and they're, they're, they're really busy now because more than ever people are traveling again. Um, but they don't have enough people to work. So they're very short staffed at a lot of the hotels. So from what I'm hearing, the guys that I worked with over the years are back in it, some of them, and they're making really good money. Yeah. And there's, not, not, there's not enough people to help. This guy probably ain't going back there anytime soon. Right. Yeah, because I live near a bunch of hotels and some of those people have been there for years, but also some mm -hmm. of those, I think a number of those hotels are union. So the, even during the downturn, I was talking to this one guy at the Ritz and he said that he was busy with other stuff with the, uh, because there's also, um, there are also condos there in the, yeah. connected to the same building, but. So they're a doorman for not only the guests, but the, the residents. Yeah. He said, yeah, he said that he did other stuff too, but yeah, I've yeah. seen a lot of people around here and they've been doorman for years. So it's, you know what, it's, it's a good gig. And I always told myself like, you know, are you really going to be carrying people's luggage for the rest of your life? I did for a long time and it paid the bills pretty, you know, and then some. I really, I made a good living in the hotel industry for a lot of years. The last few years changed a lot while I was there because of technology. So what I mean by that is as a doorman, you know, one of my main jobs was to welcome the guests as they're coming in and see them off as they leave. So I'm that first impression when they arrive and the last impression when they leave, which I, I thrived on. I liked, I liked the fact that I had that much to do with people's, you know, visit and how they, if they had a good time or not. And uh, just their overall feel of the hotel. And toward the, the last, I want to say five years or so, because the technology as a doorman, one of my main jobs was to get transportation for people because people are walking out of the hotel and looking around, like, how do I get from here to there? Well, there I am. Can I help you? You need something? Taxi? Sure. I'll get you a cab. Where are you going? Boom, boom, boom. Right. So I'm calling cabs for people. I'm helping them with their luggage, putting it in the in the in the car, and seeing them off. And I'm talking to the cab driver a lot. You know, some of the cab drivers I knew by name, so yeah. I would say to the guest, "Hey, Mr. Johnson, this is uh, one of the best cab drivers in the city. His name is Joe. Joe, take great care." And there's and there's Joe. Hey, Mr. Johnson. You know, like they've known each other. So yeah. I, I would build a lot of relationships in between. But because of technology, you know, Uber took over, and and other apps took over, and no longer was I needed to call a cab or limo, you know, to, to assist uh, the guests to where they needed to go because everything is right on their phone. 
And mm-hmm. as a concierge, same thing. There, there are some hotels that still have that position, but a lot of people don't need concierge anymore. Everything's on their phone. Everything you need is right here. Well, unless Everything. they're very busy, unless they're very busy and they really that's, don't want to take the time. And that's true. And yeah. there are people who are maybe a little, they used to live in maybe a little more of a ritzy lifestyle that have people do things for mm-hmm. them, which is great. Um, but for the most part, your average Joe doesn't need my help anymore. Especially um, you, t- you talked about limos because I thought, I think about Uber black because here downtown, if you order Uber black, you get a really nice SUV, like an Escalade. And it's a lot more places. expensive too. It's more expensive. Yeah. A lot more expensive. But see the, what I had going for me was being a doorman. I obviously had a lot of connections around the city, uh, restaurants, you know, limousine companies, various taxis, um, you know, um, nightclubs, whatever the case is, uh, bars in the area, neighborhood bars, you know, you start building relationships with people and you're giving them, you know, stuff to get, you know, cards to, to go into a restaurant and get a discount or an appetizer or a few, you know, a couple free drinks or, you know, you're, you're really enhancing that person's stay. Um, but when the guest is doing all that on their own and just right. doing everything from their phone, you're, you're cut out of the equation. So you're no, you're no longer needed to do. And I'm not saying that it completely has ended, but I saw the writing on the wall and I did not like it. I did not like it because, because my pockets were a lot lighter because of technology, but that's the way the world is going. There's nothing you can really do to change that. You know, people are very, uh, you know, they're, they're doing their own thing now. They're very independent with, uh, with technology. They feel comfortable going uh, online and, and booking a hotel or booking a restaurant or, you know, looking up all the reviews to, to determine where they want to go and who they want to go see or whatnot, you know? So it's changed a lot over the years and I'm really glad that I was able to get out of it. Uh, again, I loved what I did for a lot of years, but toward the end, not as much. Well, also, I mean, it sounds like you made a very good living for a number of years. So that's great. You weren't struggling. I did. I, I really did. Um, you know, the people were, are very generous. A lot of people, um, and you know, I, I, you don't realize the impact you have on people until they're getting ready to leave and they come up to me and they put, you know, put their hand down on my podium and go, thanks for everything, Neil. We're going to write up a good review. You were excellent. Thank you so much. Next time we come in, we're going to definitely come and see you. You know, and they walk away and there's a hundred dollar bill. Wow. Just because, just for, for what, for talking to you and your family and sending you, you know, to go get a good burger at a place or, you know, wow. that's, that's what I do. I, I, that, that kind of thing makes me happy. I don't expect to be rewarded for that, but mm-hmm. people would give, throw money at me. And you can ask a lot of people in our, in our industry. I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing. If you have personality and people take a liking to you, they pay you. <laughs> nice. So um, it just changed a lot toward the end. And that's, you know, and that's what I knew. And again, fighting the elements and everything else that I dealt with in the hotel industry for as long as I did, I knew it was time to go. And WBBM had a full a full-time opportunity. I had my wife's blessing and I went for it and I got it. I was going to say something about, um, you're talking about people giving you, um, good tips and so forth. It sort of reminds me of certain businesses where you can do a good job. And then the person running the business, if it's a small business, for instance, they might give you a little extra. So for instance, I've worked at places where I, I've even worked for individuals where I hooked them up or I did something good. And then they send me a Starbucks card. And I know that doesn't sound like a big deal. I don't know if you got that too, but a lot. it's really great, great to get a $50 Starbucks card out of nowhere. 
or somebody says, Hey, you know what? You've done a great job. I'm going to give you a little bonus. And these are, you know, these are people who are not necessarily very well off, you know, it's really yep. great. It's they, they're showing how much they appreciate you. They're not just doing it to do it. They obviously took a liking to you and what you did for them. And, yeah. you know, people like you and me, we're people, we're people, people, right? Yeah. So I, I don't even think twice about helping a guest, you know, uh, pick up everything they just lost from their bag. And, you know, I, I don't even think of any, I just, I'm there to help and I'm there to assist. And that's even, even at home here, when I have people over, my wife will tell you, I'm, I'm, I wait on people. Can I get you anything? Can I, you know, you need anything? Can I, can I get you something to drink? You hungry? You know, you're okay. You, you got a little cut there. You want me, I got band-aids. You want me to get you some band-aids? You know, you, you care for people. And that's, you know, it's a quality that I was, uh, uh, that I was blessed with. You've always yeah, been I've like always, that. I've always been a people guy. Yeah. I've always been one to uh, want to make people laugh, make people smile. Um, and I've, I've kind of always enjoyed people. Yeah. Yeah, I really have. And part of my deal growing up, cause I grew up in the city was I was a little too trusting at times. And, you know, you become vulnerable and maybe bad people want to go at you for whatever reason. Um, and I always laughed everything off. Uh, again, I've changed in recent years. I think working outside with the public and just being outside in general uh, outdoors with, you know, with the public and everything else that goes on with the elements. I think it's just it's changed me a little bit, maybe hard me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I still think uh, for the most part, I'm most times pretty happy go lucky guy for sure. That's good. And I miss okay, so, the people. <laughs> so you're not at the hotel anymore and you're still working in radio. And you said you work today. I did. I was on you the air You told me today. this off the air. You told you said yeah. that you worked. Today. Okay. Yeah. I was on the air today until noon. I usually work on the weekends from 5 a.m. until noon. And then during the week, my schedule varies because again, we're uh, Claire Lane, who was uh, one of our traffic people. She did afternoons with us for a little while. Um, and she moved on to another station so that left an opportunity open and until they, you know, are, are finished with their interviewing process and looking to see what, what else is there, you know, they want to give everybody an opportunity, people who are going for the job. But I have been told that it's, it's really thinned out a lot compared to other times when and posting positions, it's, it's, it's very low. The amount of Even people though it's full time. Yeah. It's wow. very, dis- from what I'm, from what I'm hearing from the powers that be, it's, uh, it's really light as far as people, some people just don't want to work, you know, and, or maybe they're doing something else. Maybe it's not that they don't want to work. This is a full-time job with benefits. Yeah, and but it's, it's, a full, it's a full-time job in radio at the, one of yeah. the biggest stations, not only here, but in, in the nation, WBBM is, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of the tops and for people, you know, for people not to be as interested as they once were, the pandemic's changed a lot of things. The mm-hmm. pandemic has changed a lot of things. Um, so for what I'm doing right now is just filling in the cracks right now. And I'm doing the job uh, along with other people filling in. And, um, you know, whoever is the choice at the end wins, I guess. So we'll see well, what happens. When you say the um, pandemic has changed people's perceptions and so forth, can you speak to your own situation? Like, do you see things differently now? after the pandemic has become better. Okay. Like what? Uh, you and I, you and I talk about this a lot. The, the city has changed being downtown is not as exciting as it used to be for me because I was home for close to two years doing my job from home. Yeah. And, uh, 
after everything that's happened over the past couple of years from, right. you know, the rioting and, and the, the violence and the guns and a lot has changed uh, over the past couple of years. And like you and I have talked about, I think Chicago is a beautiful city. I just don't feel safe. anymore. Okay. Well, it's not as bad as what people think. And I live here and I work here and I'm here day in and day out. I'm not one of those city people that went to my place in Michigan or the suburbs. I had nowhere to go. I stayed here. So yeah, I've seen the whole thing, but well, I think a part of it too, and us working in the news industry, you know, you get, you get those stories thrown at you so much that it starts to right. sit with you and you're like, wow, that's scary. Oh, wow. That just happened. Oh, that's scary. Well, what happened? Oh man, that's really scary. You know, it's, it's for me now living 50 miles outside the city and working downtown pretty much my, you know, my whole life, my adult life. Um, I never felt the way I feel now. And I think a part of that is because I have been away for so long and now I travel early, early in the morning or in the overnight hours. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. And Nothing's going to change my mind. Well, so you live in a unless, safe area. unless there's a, unless there's unless I have a police escort with me along the Eisenhower Expressway as I'm coming in, maybe I'll feel a little better. But I, I'm constantly, constantly looking over my shoulder and looking around and nervous. And I've never well, felt that way before. I think it's because you've spent a lot of time during the pandemic in a very nice, safe, stable area, True. and that is your. Um, you know, you're used to that. And so when you come into the city, there's, there's, it seems very chaotic if you're not used to it. it so. It's different. Now, during the day, I agree with you. I'm not nervous to walk around. I'm not, you know, I, again, I worked in that city a lot of years. Never was I nervous. Never, ever, ever. Um, you know, during the day, that's one thing there are, as you said, because our studio overlooks Michigan Avenue and Lake street. So right. I could see all the people walking during the week on the weekends that the tour buses are coming through, the big buses are coming through and you can see all the people on the buses. It is nice to see people wanting to come back to Chicago again, because we've been, you know, we're, we're putting it, you know, our, our city is put our cities. People laugh at our city. Like mm -hmm. it's a joke. Like right. it's Chicago. I ain't going there. Mm -hmm. Obviously now everybody, because there are a lot of people that still come, but talking to people around the newsroom mm -hmm. aside from the people like you who never left who always had to stay there and, mm -hmm. and you weren't able to work from home it's different for us who have been away have saved a ton of money and saved a ton of time in my case because I live mm -hmm. so far away but being back in the studio it is a different feeling it, and I know it sounds better that we're back in the studio everything's a little tighter um, and it makes the station sound better but uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over how I feel. I don't feel good. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you about coming down there. Uh, and I would, uh, if they told me, you know, tonight you don't have to come in anymore. You can continue working from home. I'd be very happy. Right. And also, yeah, very it's worked happy. out for you technologically. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've been able, uh, we did something that we never thought we'd be able to do and that's do radio from home, mm -hmm. you know, and I have a lot of friends like you in our industry who still haven't gone back yet, you know, working for other companies and may not go back at all unless it's like a hybrid schedule, which would be fine. That would work. Um, but it depends on the station. It depends what the, you know, what the people who run the station want. And Ron Gleason, I know, wants, wanted people back and we've been back. And it's, it's when I'm there, I'm fine. I'm comfortable. Again, I'm a people person. So being in my basement alone is, you know, not exciting. But you get used to that lifestyle and you get used to 
saving all that money and all that time. And during that time, all, all you heard was negative, 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 mm -hmm. negative. Well, especially during the riots, because the I was city. here, I live in about the middle the of it. Yeah. Riots, yeah, you... looting. It went on for like three months. It was <clears throat> yep. uh, terrifying. Yep. It was very disturbing and I don't excuse it at all. And people who do excuse it don't live around here. So I agree. Um, and you know, what's nice too, is I've been seeing lately, I don't know if that's a trend or something new that's starting or if it's in certain areas of downtown, but looking out our window again at Michigan and Lake uh, the last few days, and this, I guess was in the last week too, there's a squad car that just right. sits out with its lights going. And, and he's parked just, and he's parked the opposite way. He's parked yes. facing Michigan. Yeah. So is that you live downtown? Is it is that like that all around the downtown area or just certain parts? Not as much as uh, during or right after the riots, because there was a lot of police presence, which was great because we started just walking around at night because we knew the police were around. So it was safer. But um, you in some parts, <laughs> well, like on the Gold Coast, uh, sorry, the Viagra Triangle, you do see some squad cars and certain yeah. other places. And I know they're like unmarked cars out there. But, you know, it's fine because, you know, we want people to come here and feel safe. It's a big priority because literally thousands of people come here and now there are festivals going on. See, I've got a lot of pride about downtown. I know so, you do. I used yeah, to. I think it's really beautiful and um, a lot of great people and and all of us appreciate people coming here. So definitely. I uh, I, I wish I could say the same, but I don't feel the same yeah. anymore. Right. Um, I, I love the city. I think it's beautiful. You know, the skyline when you're coming in, it looks so so peaceful and beautiful. And uh, I'm going to Lollapalooza for the first time ever because I'm a big Metallica fan. And a friend of mine bought two tickets with me in mind to go with him. So wow, I have to go. Incredible. That's I've incredible. Seen, I've seen Metallica a number of times, but mm -hmm. I've never been to Lollapalooza. So that's a whole day of being down there. And I'm not nervous about that because there's going to be that? so when many people. Uh, Mid-July sometime, I want to say. Hmm. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, would I have gone if he didn't get me the ticket? No, no, really? but he bought, he bought the ticket. No, no, I, I don't have a desire to go to Lollapalooza and, and just be there all day long. I don't, I mean, you know, I paid the, I think it's 125 bucks for the day. Mm -hmm. I would pay that just to go see Metallica, but it's up to him. If he wants to go down there, it works out nice because I have a parking spot now, now that I've been doing more hours at the, at the radio station. So I have a good spot downtown right across from Millennium Park. So I can, we can park and just walk over and, and be right there in the thick of it. So I, I'm looking forward to it in a way. I'm trying to get, talk my son into going with us uh, to, to go because he'd like to see Metallica with his old man, I think. But we'll have to see. He works a lot of different hours, too. So we'll have to see how that plays out. My wife will not go, I'm sure. Uh, I'd love well, her I, to see Metallica with me, but I don't think she'll go. Well, if you, need, if you have an extra ticket and you want somebody to go, I will go to Metallica with you because Look I'm not a you. super fan like I'm not a super fan like you, but I do like them. I would love to see them live. They're good. Well, you can get tickets. I mean, they're it's general admission, so you can get tickets uh, and, unless it's sold out. But that I don't know. But mm -hmm. I got a text when those tickets went on sale from a friend of mine. And he said, you're going to Metallic with me. I just bought two tickets and you're the first person I thought of to to invite along with me. So I guess I'm stuck going. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Which no, is a bad just... thing. I was going to say one thing about what you're talking about negative news. Um, this is a good example because I, I had a sub and I know let's talk about your teaching in a second, but I had a sub for an English as a second language class because I've been teaching a daily for daily, daily college in the South side for many years. So a number of students live in bad neighborhoods. So I had one, one of the students, um, sells is an independent seller 
And she gave me the coordinates and I, and I asked her, I said, wait, is that, um, back of the yards? And she said, yes. And I said, wow, is it dangerous there? And she said, I've only had one thing happen in like over 10 years. And I all I hear about back of the yards is shooting and gangs and, you know, violence. And she said she, she has a lot of friends there. She likes it. You know, what else is, is, uh, you know, what else is big in back of the yards neighborhood? What the, the the show Shameless? Oh right, okay. Shameless was Shameless was based in the back of the yards. Okay, I, w- I wonder if that's changed the perception of know. the area at all. You won't see me walking around there. I'll tell you that. I've um, been there. I've been there, and I didn't feel scared or anything. But that's what I'm saying is I was I was basing my judgment on the negative news, and I think if you're down there, you know the situation better. So I, who yeah. am I to judge? You know what I mean? Well, and you, you gotta, you gotta look at it this way too, of all the people that are down there, of all the people that are in the Chicagoland area, you know, most people are pretty good people. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a couple bad apples, but that's really anywhere you go, but it's, it's in the news so much. It just sits with you and it right. sits in your head and it, you know, and you're thinking, well, Oh man, that person got shot there. I walk by there every day. Oh, that person, what you know, got stabbed here. Well, I, I go down, down there twice a week. You know, it's just, it's when people are throwing that negativity at you, sometimes you can't help but absorb it. If mm-hmm. I didn't know half the stuff going on, it probably wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But with me on the expressways every day, driving, um, you know, to and from it, it's, you know, again, during the day, I don't really, I don't think about it. There's a lot of people out and I know something can happen then too. It, it can happen at any time and anywhere, but w- when it's dark and it's desolate, there's no one really around, you know, downtown, it's kind of scary to me now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I don't walk that far from my car to the radio station, but I, uh, I do have to walk outside across the street and, you know, you're, you're looking around, you're, 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 you're grasping onto whatever your key or whatever, just to, you know, be prepared in case someone comes out at you. You just don't know. You're listening to the Radio Girl Podcast with Margaret Larkin. And thanks to Jeff Davis, who's at jeffdavis.com. And if you want to see the live stream interviews I've done and that I'm going to do and even see the interviews live, go to the Radio Girl Facebook page. And you can also see interviews at youtube.com slash Margaret Larkin. Okay, now, so I mentioned my teaching briefly, and I know you're teaching now, right? Yep, I'm teaching a pancake class. I teach people how to make pancakes. That must be, <laughs> so do, what do you do? Do you do chocolate chips? Do you do plain? Chocolate do blueberries? chips, blueberries, whatever, you name it. I put uh, beer mixed in with some for right. people who like to drink beer. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I do teach. I've been an instructor now for about a year and a half at the Illinois Media School in Lombard, the Lombard campus. There are two campuses, one downtown and one in Lombard. Um, and I actually came full circle because I graduated from that program in 1996. And it was Illinois Center for Broadcasting at the time. And I've always thought about instructing there. I always thought that would be a lot of fun, but I never had the time to do it because I had the hotel, the radio station. You know, I, I worked a lot of hours and I live, you know, so far from downtown. Um, I never had the time to do it. But then when the pandemic hit, and, and I lost my full-time job, I was able to go and do uh, into instructing at the Illinois Media School. And it, it really helped me out a lot financially. And, you know, it gave me another passion. And I found that 
you know, being with the students and bringing in the next generation of uh, broadcasters is a lot of fun. And I do shows with them. We have three studios on air studios that we do shows in. One's a sports talk studio. One's a, just a talk studio. The other one is music. And I've always been a music DJ. So I miss being on the air, you know, playing music. So I do, it's called the edge on air.com. And, um, I bring students in with me and we do a show together so they can see how a radio show goes and, you know, how to tease stuff coming up, you know, things that, that on-air people do during a radio show. So I'm doing that still part-time, which is great. I'm not able to spend as much time on campus as I'd like to be because I'm working more hours at BBM, but that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, because I want to work at BBM full-time eventually again. So I, I'm happy to help out where I can, you know? Yeah. It's a good place. Now, do you, what, what do you love about radio so much? Because you've been in and out for many years. You've been very dedicated to it, even while you're uh, doing other stuff. I'm an entertainer, first and foremost, I think. I've always been on stage uh, since I was a kid. Theater, uh, did a lot of acting, did a lot of short films. Wanted to be a movie star like a lot of other people. Um, I found the radio station to be kind of like an outlet because I wasn't going to I had no desire to like move to LA or New York to try and become a, an actor and, you know, struggle. And I met my wife at an early age, we got married, we started a family. So I never really looked at doing that. I, I have the acting itch. I miss, I actually just did a film recently, which is going to be released at the end of this year. It's called never stop talking. What? It's about, it, it, yeah. It's about a radio person. It's about a radio personality, John Wesley Norton, uh, wrote it, produced it, directed it. He is a, an instructor at the school. You can look him up. He's on IMDb. He's done a lot of movies and he needed a traffic. He's got a there. I know I'm going off subject a little bit, but it's, we know it's this is a, on subject because it's breaking news. And plus, wait, my question is, is this a feature film or what is this? It is. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't I, I don't think it's like huge budget type movies that he does, but I've seen some of his films and, and, and they're actually pretty good. Um, it's, and it's cool because it's based on a radio personality in local, in our area. And there's a traffic reporter in the movie who, you know, everything goes back to traffic. So if you and I are having a conversation about, you know, talking about the city and about the downtown area and how it's changed, you know, this person will be like, well, the traffic sure hasn't changed. Here's what's going on. And he starts going wow. in, you know, everything is traffic to him. So John asked me to write a script and he wanted me to write like some of the most outlandish stuff that you'd ever see on the roads. Uh, you know, a, a cow on fire, uh, a building collapse out of the expressway, you know, so I wrote a script and he's using it in the film. What do you mean a script or did you write descriptions? What like a mean? traffic script. Like if I was doing a report, oh. I wrote, you know, uh, the Edens has this, the Kennedy has this. If you're on the Eisenhower, you're going to be heading outbound. King Kong just uh, arrived here in Chicago and he's terrorizing the city, you know, goofy, outlandish, crazy stuff. So I, I wrote a a script um, for the, his traffic reporter to read. And I think he's used most of it. He's made some tweaks to it, but he, he asked me, he said, Hey, would you want to come and uh, I might, you, I could probably use you for a, a little part. If you want to come back, you know, in a couple of weekends, they were shooting at the school in one of the studios. So I did, I showed up there. And, and what's interesting about it is the whole movie is all improv. So there's no script to it. It was all done improvisation 
Which when is this I going w- to premiere? When is the premiere? Uh, December, I think it comes out. So and watch for it. What's it never called? Again? Stop, never stop talking. This Wait, is news. Never that. stop talking, everybody. Watch it. See it. Where's it going to be? I, I will get you that information when I see it. I want to make sure I got the name right. Never stop talking. Yeah, it's it's I was told I just talked to him the other day and he said, I think December is what he's shooting for. That it's in production right now and getting edited and all that good stuff. Uh, let's see if it comes up. Never stop. Oh, oh well, well, I'll find it. But yeah, it's uh, it's based on a on a rate. Oh, yeah, there it is. Never stop talking. Yeah. And my name's on there. I'm actually on IMDb, which is kind of cool. Oh my god! I actually have you're, a. You're in the business. You're in Hollywood. And I have a care. I have a character name. My character's name is Ronald Redding. Wow. Which is cool. Like I have a name and everything. So nice. Um, and again, it was cool because it was all improv, and I went through Second City. I trained there for over two years and went through their program again because going back to acting, I've always done a little bit of that and. Uh, Radio, are we going back to what you asked me? Why radio? Since no, but no, but a- actually, no, you digress. But this was a very important information. It was breaking news, like you said. That's what we do in our in our business, yes. right? Yeah. Um, I I remember as a kid, and my even my aunt tells me, and my mom, they remember me walking around with a tape recorder and interview, you know, little one of those little handheld tape recorders with a cassette right. and recording my family and doing interviews with them. I always loved listening to DJs on the radio. I would record their shows. I like a lot of people would call the request line and ask them to play a song. And they go, sure, kid. Yeah, it's coming up. And you'd sit there for hours and hours and hours and never hear it. I was one of those, you know, one of those kids by the radio recording everything, uh, listening to Dick Biondi, who's uh, one of the more famous people in our industry, who I had the pleasure of working with for quite a few years. Um, And and that, I guess I've always had a, a love and a love of music. I, I'm a big music guy. I grew up with all soul. My parents were huge into the Temptations and the OJs and Motown, all that stuff. And now I love that stuff. Like the Temptations and Metallica are my two favorite groups, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I love Anita Baker and I love jazz and I love, you know, I love so much about music. And now that I'm doing traffic, I, again, I love being on the air. It's been 12 years now I've been doing traffic for BBM but I miss the music side of it a lot. I would love to just get like a part-time job, maybe not even part-time once a month, like on XRT or somewhere just to do, just to spin some tunes, dude, you Mm -hmm. know, I miss that part of it a lot. So I hope to get back doing that one day, you know, even if it's part-time here or there, I I have no intention of leaving BBM, but I do miss the music side of it so much, but my love for music and my love for, I guess, interviewing people, talking to people has been with me for a lot of years. And, once I found the radio station at Triton College, when I started taking classes there after high school, that's when I found it. And then, then that was it. I still have my tape. I still have my first time ever on the air hmm. recorded that, <laughs> that we listened to. My kids actually play it back on their phone because they recorded it <laughs> onto their right. phone for my tape recorder. Yeah. And they laugh. They laugh. They go, it doesn't even sound like you. You sound like a kid, you know? Hmm. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I enjoy radio and and when people tell you they listen to you and you you get them out of a out of a jam, you know, you, they they appreciate the way you sound or whatever. You know, that's always nice to hear. That's know? good. And so I was going to say that um, you also talked about the instability of business. But when I'm when I ask you that question, why you love it so much is because a lot of people cannot handle instability like they maybe they'll expose, be exposed to it for a couple of years. And then they think I've got to get out of this. It's too crazy. Yeah. Why? And I. 
Well, that's a good point. And I honestly, as I told you earlier, I've gone through a lot of jobs in my life, a lot of jobs. So unfortunately for my wife, she's not, she was never crazy about it. Which Wait, how I long understand. have you been married? How long have you been married? April and I were going on uh, 23 years. We've been together. Actually, it's funny. Today is our 27th anniversary of knowing each other. Nice. Today, 27 years ago, June 11th, I met my beautiful wife. And, and we were set up on a blind date, believe it or not. And we've well, been guys, together. It sounds like you guys sense. have a very good relationship. I've never heard you say anything negative about her. My wife is is phenomenal. And uh, I'm not sure she's watching this right now. And even if she was, she cringed because she does not like to be the center of attention. But my wife is beautiful. She does a lot for our family and I. And I don't know where the hell I'd be without her. Because <laughs> I know that. Heck, I know I'm that, sorry. It's Heck. okay. I know that. Yeah, no swearing. Um, th- I know that. Um, in some of your uh, bios online, you say family guy. Yeah, radio guy, family guy. That's uh, that's my moniker. Did I say that right? Is that called a moniker? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, radio guy, family guy, because family first. Um, and we don't, you know, we don't we don't lead a very exciting life. We don't we don't go out a lot. We don't. It's not like we're, we're you know, we don't do anything, but we're happy. Just my wife and I are happy just being at home watching our uh cop shows right our, our svu shows and and watching and watching horror movies together and my kids are older now so they have their own lives and they do their own thing and um we love spending time with them but we also understand that we were at that age at once too and never around i was never around as a young guy i i was out all the time um, you're a party dude you were well as i got a little older maybe you know i'd have some beers with the boys but i was always uh I was always a very hyperactive kid. I'm still, I think, kind of hyper. Yeah, you, know, you seem pretty nervous. Hyper. Yeah, I have a lot of ticks, like ner- nervous ticks. You, you might, if you really pay attention when you see me around BBM, you'll see some of the ticks I have. It's all nervous stuff. I have a lot of nervous, nervous energy. So I've always been on the go since I was a kid, and um, I kept busy uh, as a young as a young guy, and I still keep busy today for sure. As you know, as you're hearing right now. Yeah. Now, speaking of kids, so I know you and I were talking at one point about how I don't, I'm not a parent, so I can't really speak to this from personal experience, but you were saying that kids now don't go to summer camp as much. I don't know anybody who goes to summer camp. I, so your friends' kids don't go or anything? No, I, I could, I forget when my daughter went. It was before high school when she started going to like a Christian kind of youth group kind of thing where they would obviously learn, you know, learn the Bible and um, go on field trips and, you know, play sports and things like that. Uh, But she lost interest when she started getting in in high school and that she played softball. So that kind of filled that void. Um, But my son's never been one. No, I now me, on the other hand, I was always in day camp. I I grew up in the Belmont Cragen neighborhood, Portage Park, kind of like that whole area. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad worked. And, you know, my mom wanted me to be out doing things and not just be in the house all day, which I was never in the house all day. But as a younger guy, she wanted me to interact, you know, with, with kids and, and uh, outside of our neighborhood, you know, because in day camp, you would do things, right? You'd play sports, you'd go on field trips, you'd swim, you'd go to the movies, you know, you'd do a lot of fun things. And, you know, it would also give my mom a break. And, and she'd be able to have some mom time and get the house done and make dinner and all that good stuff. 
and I enjoyed that. I went to a number of day camps. I was just, I actually wrote some down here so I wouldn't forget. I, I think I went to day camp at Merrimack Park in, in the, on the Northwest side, Reese Park, Blackhawk Park, Portage Park. I mean, I, I was all around growing up uh, in day camp. But when I got a little bit older, then I was like, no, I'm not. I became a counselor, though. I became a counselor as I got older in, in day camp. Uh, and I actually, <laughs> I, it seemed like I got into more trouble as a counselor than I did when I was a camper. Well, how long, I, how many, uh, did you go to camp like every summer when you were growing up? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much me every too. summer. I did that every summer. Yeah. And I think what's helped me, what's helped shape me to who I am today, aside from day camp and being out with people and we moved every year when I was growing up in the city, we would sign My mom and dad would sign a lease to an apartment. And after a year, my mom would want something different or they didn't like the landlord. My mom and dad partied a lot when I grew up. So they probably made a lot of enemies in the building. Um, so we moved a lot. And I was just telling someone this the other day, I went to eight different schools, kindergarten through eighth grade. Wait, did they have parties at their house or something? Oh yeah, we always had parties. Fun. I mean, yeah, my my dad would have kegs, and you know, we'd have friends over and family. My mom, my mom and dad loved to party. Yeah, we always had. We were always around family and friends, always. Um, and we always lived in apartments, so obviously, you know, you got to kind of keep your voice up. My my parents would blast music, and they probably again didn't make a lot of friends in the building, but uh, we would move every year as I was growing up, and. I went to eight different schools and I really think that has shaped me a lot to who I am today, being able to talk to someone on the street who I don't know, you know, to a, a Mr. Marriott type, a guy who maybe is worth billions of dollars. I could talk to anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm comfortable talking to anybody. They're just people to me. So I think that's really kind of, yeah, it's really kind of shaped my life and who I am today and being able to do what I do. I was going to say about your parents, you know, what's funny is I always joke with people about partying. So for instance, somebody will leave, you know, a job and I'll say, oh, are you going to go party now? And they're like, no, I'm not going to party. And, um, and actually your parents really were partying. Cause I'll say that to even older, but I, yes, I used to say that to my dad, who was almost 90 years old. I'm like, dad, are you going to party again? He's like, no, I'm like, <laughs> it's always a running joke. We, we still do. My, my, my parents still will come over and they're in their seventies now, early seventies but we'll still have them out because they live not too far from us. We're in like the Aurora area and they're out toward Elgin. But when they come, they'll usually have a few drinks with us and we'll listen to music and we'll talk and sometimes stay up till, till our, all hours of the night. Not as much anymore. It's kind of hard to do now, but they'll always stay here because, you know, they don't want to drive home. And, you know, we reminisce, we talk about, you know, me going to day camp and going to all these different schools and, uh, you know, my love for radio with a, with a listening to, uh, you know, your little tape recorder and recording people, you know, things like that. We kind of talk about that stuff. And it's funny to look back on, you know, how you grew up and what you did and how it kind of relates to what you're doing at the moment. Why do you like teaching at school? Why do you like teaching in general? I think it, it's kind of like being a dad and seeing your kids do well and, and your kids do things. You know, you, you start working with the students and, and again, you're helping them to become the next generation of broadcasters. And I guess it's rewarding, like a lot of teachers will tell you, you being a teacher, you know, you know, when a student comes up to you or recently I had a student write something about me on LinkedIn 
in the school featured it. Uh, this person mentioned me and, and thanked me. Uh, I was her favorite instructor, and I, I really hardly even been been in class with her. But the times we did spend together, I must have made an impact on her, and uh, she let the world know about it. And it, that was touching to see how you affect people. And again, remember, I'm a people guy, so I like to help other people. So being an instructor, you're helping, right? You're you're assisting and you're making people, you're, you're kind of leading them along uh, instead of leading them to a restaurant like I did in the hotel or to a fun, you know, park to go see or whatnot. I'm leading them to uh, radio stations and a couple of our students are working at BBM now. Um, yeah. And I was happy to be a part of being able to bring them in, people who are really excited and and uh, the the one one of the students who works with us now, Dalal, actually almost was in tears when she when she got the job. You know, it's yeah. that's rewarding to me seeing the, the next generation of broadcasters and knowing that you made you know an impact on someone. Let me know what you think. Email me at margaret at radiogirl.us. You can also call or text me at 716-202-TALK. That's 8255. And like the Radio Girl Facebook page. You can find out about who's coming up next, see pictures, listen to audio, and more.